0: and I'm a shrink. I'm Derek and I'm a drunk. And And we're we're here here to to get get real about about recovery.
1: All right. How do you know you're addicted? Who is addicted? What is addiction? Right? Let's answer all those questions today, Derek. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Um, One thing that I, I, I see all the time is, you know, people come in for an intake and they're like, okay, assess me to see if I'm addicted to drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it is, right? And oftentimes a family member's with them, and that family member is like, they have an addiction and we need to solve this. They're an addict. Well, um, what does that mean? What What do you think, Derek? Are you an addict?
0: Well, for me, I mean, I think the world definitely, like, I'm an addict. Why? For sure. Well, I mean, that's, that's the question. Like, I... It, I'm an addict, probably in like the worst sense, you know? Like, because okay. things got really bad for me. So I think it's easy to look at me and be like, oh, well, he's an addict. Now he's in recovery. But yeah, it's like, where does an addict stop and where does it start? But,
1: but things got really bad for you. What do you mean by that?
0: Every aspect of my life, when it comes to a healthy lifestyle, was destroyed.
1: So the addiction started to consume everything.
0: Sure. Yep. The, the,
1: the, using alcohol started to take over um, you know, your social life. Social life, your financial life, life your family,
0: gender. relationship life. Uh, well, where
1: there's been moments where you've basically physical. been down in the dumps, like not wanting to get out of bed or do anything because your addiction took you to that point. Yeah, right? absolutely. So so we could classify you as an addict. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, let's go, Let's let's look at a kind of different case scenario. Somebody who wants to stop drinking, um, but they can't really. And so they drink maybe after work two to three times a week, but they still got their, their wife, their kids. They're still living their life. Are they an addict?
0: Well, and this is where... So really what we're talking about is awareness, you know, like awareness of like where you're really at with it and honesty with yourself, right? Like yeah. you, this this requires somebody to be like super honest. And I think for somebody where life gets so bad and everything is pulled out from underneath you, it's easy to be like, oh, well, he's an addict, right? right? He's he's. It's like you're either an addict or you're not an addict and that guy's an addict. But for the situation that you're talking about, I think the biggest question you have to ask yourself is what do I want in my life and what am I and, and how much agency, how much of my choice is being taken away? If I really look right. at what my life to be, and then when does alcohol come into the picture, drugs or alcohol or food or whatever it may be, or sex, where it's like, I'm going to choose that over what I really want and I'm going to justify it. Because that's a right. fine line. and It's yes. easy to not be able to see that.
1: Right. I think we overcomplicate the definition of addiction. Yeah. You know, people will say, can you be addicted to sex? Can you Can you be addicted to food? Obviously, you can be addicted to alcohol and drugs. And they say, well, how can you be addicted to sex or food or or those type of things when they're a natural thing? And I think, according to your definition, what you just said, Derek, and I totally agree with it, is if you're doing something that you don't want to do but you can't stop it, then you're probably addicted to that thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it comes, and the next step is, okay, the reality is is this thing is consuming my my agency. It's owning me. Um, How much is it owning me? And it comes down to that, that self-awareness and that humility and honesty with yourself to say, this is how unmanageable my life has become now because of this thing. Therefore, I need to change my life to to this to this degree, right? Right. I need to work recovery to this degree. I need to prioritize recovery to this degree because I'm real with myself that this thing is owning me to that level, right? Right. So, like for you, Derek, your alcoholism, it took you out. It wiped you out. Mm-hmm to the point where you said look I'm going to live in a treatment center I'm going to move to a different city completely change my life because I realized that it's that bad right mm-hmm. that's what that's what you went through right for
0: sure and and I think that so really I think what we're talking about when I think about this is is two different things one is how much agency how much choice is being taken away from me what am I sacrificing in order to to get my fix, to drown things out. And then another big one is, is the thing that I'm doing that's take away just taking away my agency. How destructive is that? Right. Cause I right. could be addicted to service and just helping people. Sure. Which, and on, which you are. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs>
1: constant, Derek. It's just
0: constant all the time, no matter <laughs> what, but I could be addicted to that. And so is that still unhealthy to use that to cut? Co- sure. Because it's like, it's defining who you are. I mean, all the things that go along with addiction, but how destructive is that? And that's not as destructive as say like shooting up heroin, right? You know what I mean? And so those are the two things I think you got to ask yourself is how much agency is this taking away from me? And then also whatever it is I'm doing, how destructive is this on the balance of my life?
1: So it's, you're measuring the unmanageability of your life, right? So exactly. the, The people that end up in my office to do an intake are the people whose spouses have come to them and said, I can't stay married to you unless, right? Or they get their fifth DUI and they're, they're facing like some pretty serious, time, you know, and, and fines and things like that, you know, you know, that their, their unmanageability, the consequences have built up and now they're saying, I need help. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily defines, um, the addiction so much. So I get it. Unmanageability. And if you keep doing it, regardless of the consequences, it shows that there's an addiction but I do know a lot of people who avoid those consequences mm-hmm. and get lucky, they avoid the law, they avoid the, the spouse leaving them because they have a, a spouse who's very enabling or, or codependent or whatever. Um, they, they avoid those things, yet their addiction is raging on, right? So I think to measure addiction, you look at the unmanageability, but you look at something else. Um, you look at the rate and duration of your use, you look at your frequency. It's important to look at how much are you drinking how much are you drinking now compared to a year ago? Right? Mm -hmm. Do you need more and more and more to get the same fix? That's important to look at as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, one thing that's important to to understand, I think Derek is, you know, uh, addiction isn't this like one size fits all diagnosis. It's not, okay, you use, you drink a beer, but this other guy's drinking a fifth of whiskey every day you know, like, okay, the guy who drinks beer every day, he might have an addiction. Um, it doesn't mean that he's got his disease is is the same as the guy who's drinking a fifth of whiskey every day. Yeah, right. And there and there is a scale to addiction um, that that someone's addiction might not be nearly as bad as someone else's. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to to treat it that way like it's all one thing does a disservice to people because their addiction is in a different place, right? Right. But an addict, and I don't know if you went through this, usually or oftentimes will totally minimize their addiction. So they'll, they'll think, as I'm saying this, they'll think, well, my addiction's like, like what he's saying. It's not nearly as bad as... As it really is, yeah, right. Yep. did you minimize yours for a while?
0: Absolutely. You know what I mean, like it, especially when you haven't experienced those consequences, like you were talking about. So all the unhealthy things are occurring, right? It's just right. things haven't gotten to that point where they're so bad. To open your eyes up, right? And and that's the problem when you just put everything into like I'm not an addict, and now I'm an addict, and now I got to go somewhere and I got to right. receive treatment, right? Right. Because it's like so now I experience this probably more than I ever did before. Because am I still an addict? Sure. Like, am I still addicted to things? Absolutely. But now the awareness is there now. Does that mean I need to go to like a treatment facility right now? No. But are there things that I probably use in an unhealthy way to cope with things? Absolutely. But now with the awareness of them, right? Because it's like, you, you you asked a perfect question. What about that guy that goes home, has a couple drinks... But then finds that like that's happening every single night and it happens with more frequency when they're going through something stressful. And it's like, well, that guy might not need to go to a treatment facility. So he's saying, well, it's not bad enough where I need help. But like, what is help? You know what I mean? Like, do you for sure need help? Like, do you need to be addressing that, have awareness with it and start actively working to to cope in different ways absolutely right but does it mean that you need to go to like an inpatient treatment facility for two years 12
1: step every night and go to 12 Mm
0: -hmm. step every no but it's like i think that that's one of the biggest misunderstandings misunderstandings with addictions is that it you don't ever want it to get to that point it doesn't need to get to that point and it still is affecting you in a major way and it's it's really it's it's but binding you right. and it's where you're really not able to live a free life.
1: Right. I think it, I, I, I agree with you, Derek. And I think a lot of people miss this is that it's possible to address your addiction before it gets to the rock bottom point of massive consequences in order to change. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there's different things you can do to start to work on your recovery without having to go spend, without having to go break your bank and go into the most expensive treatment programs, right? Yeah. Um, But you won't start to do those things unless you first can really be honest with yourself and really look at the facts and what's working for you and what's not working for you in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So, but let's talk about like, okay, let's say I am that guy that's drinking after work three or four times a week and I wanna stop, but I just, okay, what are some things that I could do to start to work on my recovery um, to start to overcome my addiction. What do you think?
0: Well, if maybe in the beginning, um, you know, if, well, first, like you said, like the number one thing is the desire and the honesty, right? Like that's the first the first thing's first. So let's say I've done that. You know, I've been honest with myself. I see some unhealthy beh- behaviors some you, patterns you know, in myself. to go along
1: with that, Derek, as you bring that up, one of the best things you can do early on in the process if you think you have any kind of a problem is get a, a real friend and mm-hmm. what I mean by that is a real friend that will be totally completely honest with you, mm-hmm. not the friend that's gonna tell you all the crap that you want to hear. Oh, it's not that bad. you're okay, just like me as your friend, like ha,ha, it's funny that you drink every, not that friend, yeah, but the friend that's like, "Hey, bro, like, I'm concerned yeah. um y- you told me that you weren't gonna drink three times this week. This is your fourth time this week. Mm-hmm. That's not okay, yeah right That's a real friend who's helping you. They're reflecting back like. Hey, here's the honesty and you can either listen to that or you can get defensive to that. If you don't want to hear it, then you're not ready to change. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so yeah, the first step is get honest. Sorry. I cut you off. What else? No, you're yeah? good.
0: And I I think right out of the gates, I think the first thing to look at is, is, um, maybe like some, some changes like structurally, like in your schedule, you know yeah. what I mean? Like right, I, I'm just thinking a realistic, let, let's say it's not out of control. It's not bad, but I'm drinking more than I want to drink. I've been honest with myself. I noticed the frequency has gone up a little bit. I think maybe I'm planning things when I get home from work. Like... I'm going to replace that time with the gym love it you know i'm going to replace that time spending time with i'm going to take the kids out for two hours i'm going to go on a date for two hours but i think like just a a change in your schedule right off the bat is something that's realistic and doable and it's not like too too intense yeah
1: i agree you know you just shift the the little inputs in your life and see what happens but but you've got to be committed and you got to be consistent because if you've gotten in these ruts and you're used to, okay, I work for eight hours, I go home, I watch TV and then I crack some beers, right? Like you're used to that. That's what you do. Um, to, to, to change that structure is gonna take some work and it's gonna take some consistency in order to change those patterns. So yeah. I, I love the things you suggested, you know, spend some time with your family, get out in nature, um, go do some service for somebody. Um, There's a lot of good things you can do. Um, Go volunteer, get a second job, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Change the inputs in your life, and it'll change the outcomes of your life.
0: I I think, too, along with that, if if I'm starting out and my addiction isn't gotten to that point where a lot of my choices are taken away, I'm changing, just like what we talked about, I'm changing my structure. And then, like you said, talking to that friend, I'm committing... Five to, getting some accountability. five to 10 minutes a day to get the accountability. Yeah. And even more important than that is some vulnerability in my life. And Openness. so, so whatever that, then that's what you were talking about. And that really resonated with me when you mentioned like the friend, whether it's journaling or it's a friend, like find a way to break the pattern of not being vulnerable. Yeah. Cause I would say that's probably. The biggest thing is you're not connecting in some way or another. And the only way to connect, you could change inputs all day long. But if less you are committed to being honest, whether that's through journaling or through a friend or however it is that you get vulnerable, then you're always going to process that shit in the exact same way.
1: Recovery comes through connection to God, self and others, right? So, so if you're disconnected, you're numbing out, you're just kind of living in the rut that you're in, change that rut and get connected to something. Yeah. Right. So just
0: commit to, to that five to 10 minutes of you can have that discussion with that friend, with that family member, That's journaling, real,
1: genuine honesty, yeah,
0: record something, just, just a point where you can say the words of things you're thinking to process them and then to hopefully connect with somebody in some way. You get real with yourself. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, okay. So accountability, structure, um, support, some friendship, right? Um, I'd, I want to add one in here. And that's, uh, you think about why are you drinking, or why are you using drugs, or why are you numbing out? It's because you're lacking something in your life. Um, and and there's, there's, uh, there's four different styles of addiction. So there's four different reasons why somebody uses something. And there's, there's a reason why you have like your tweakers, and you got, you got your alcoholics, and you got your potheads. And they, they, they uh, gravitate toward the thing that, that they're missing in their life, right? So... Um This is what they are one is satiation um you, you you look at certain drugs like like heroin like pot um alcohol, they chill you out, they calm you down um you're you know they they take stress away and so we use we we use those things to satiate um the other is arousal, so things like meth um you know uppers crack things that just get you going you get a sense of excitement and arousal out of it right oh. um the other is fantasy, so that's your psychedelics, um, you know, shrooms, LSD, um, and that's that's used just to escape, like completely escape from the reality of your life. And so, think about the drug of choice, your drug of choice. Why do you use what you use? And that, and, and if you go down that avenue, um, you'll see that 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 there's other things that you can add into your life that 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 work in those areas for you that aren't about, ac- aren't about numbing out, right? No. So, for example, um, if you're smoking pot all the time and drinking alcohol, th- that's satiator, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah. So what
1: are some good inputs you can put into your life that have to do with satiation? Do you know, Derek, any ideas?
0: Well, I don't know what you think. What well,
1: you- it's just like, maybe you meditate. Maybe you like to like go swimming. Something like, else that puts sit, you in that state. Sit in a hot tub. Yeah. Like you chill out, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you, maybe you get a hammock in your yard and you relax and you just get really good at relaxing because what you're looking for is a way to just calm down and relax. Yeah. Now, none of those things, a hammock, a hot tub, whatever, you know, e- even meditation, none of them work as good and as effectively as a drug. So, so what I mean by that is you take a hit of pot and quickly you're like feeling really good, right? Yeah. And, and, and the intensity of that feel good feeling is a lot higher than laying in a hammock, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and so that's why people use drugs because it works so good, yeah. right? But if you consistently add those things into your life, they can replace the drug that you're using, yeah. right? Um, so you take something like, let's say you're addicted to Adderall, And you just can't get off of it. That's an upper, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you need something that that gets you excited in your
0: life. The the gym or some project or a hobby. or Something something that like gets you stimulated. Yeah, like
1: get into BMX biking or something. (laughs) (laughs) Do something different in your life that fills that void for you. Rather than just like stop the behavior. Because then you'll still have this need to want to to numb out. Yeah. So,
0: and I think that that, like, as you think about this overall topic, I think so often when we think of like, okay, great. Like this is, there's addiction. We're talking about a sliding scale of addiction. So all means sobriety, right? Like it's, it's just, we're, we're really not talking about just avoiding, like a, a substance no. right or a behavior we're no. t- we're, And that's whenever people talk to me about recovery. I think that people are always like well, you know, how long do you have or um, like is, is it hard to like stay away from this and hard is it hard, and that's such like a It's like that's such a weird question because that is a big part of it like the sobriety part, but really what recovery is, it's just healthy patterns and behaviors of living that increase your level of joy and, and, and your
1: level of connection and your level of yeah, connection. So, it.
0: so really what we're talking about when we're talking about, okay, are, are you addicted? We're not talking about, we'll make a list of the things that you need to stay away from. No, And it's just like, why not? What we're talking about is, is exactly what you just said. It's finding why you're doing it, what it is that that's providing. And then, Putting in healthy inputs that just cause for a better overall life. Whether you're, even if you're on that end of the addiction scale, that's like nothing. Bottom line is the principles of recovery are going to make your life they increasingly better life. Because yes. like recovery hasn't just it's it it's it's I'm not even thinking about what I'm staying away from. I'm just thinking about what it is that I need to do to be the happiest that I can be, and that's what recovery puts me in. Is I it's provided me with acceptance that I've got an issue awareness that I've got an issue. And then these are the things I need to do to be healthy. And then along with that, one of the things I get to enjoy is I don't have to get shit faced.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. I love that. That, that point is so important what you just said, Derek. And you know, it's like, let's say I wasn't addicted to anything. Let's say that I went to work every day. Um, I, but I, but my life was just like blah, just nothingness. I went to work, came home, didn't really connect with anyone. Um, I'm, I'm not a man in recovery, mm-hmm. even though I'm not using something that's creating all these consequences in my life. I'm still lacking connection, right? I'm still lacking, l- l- you know, addiction is a deathless death. You're, you're, hmm. you're, you're still living and breathing, but you're dead, yeah, right? Yeah. Recovery is living. Recovery is creating this balanced life for yourself where you have connection and you feel. You, you, you feel life as it comes. You you, you totally. live in the present moment, right? Totally. And so the scale of addiction, like people's addictions do get a lot worse and, and they get to that point of no return. They get to that point of death even, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, that for, for, for most people, no matter how far your addiction has gotten, you can rewire your brain. You can heal you can get in recovery um, it, you know that you have to go a really 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 long ways to, to get to that point of no return right mm-hmm. Derek, you were pretty far gone yeah right yeah, yeah um but you've you've pulled it back and uh, you weren't like that guy who was just having a beer here and there no right you told me some stories that are nuts with your addiction right oh, yeah, yeah. how how crazy it got and the things you were doing and how how intense it got but even, even with that, Derek, your brain is healing, but not just your brain is healing, your heart is healing, your soul is healing, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where you're feeling alive again and you're feeling hope and you're feeling like passion for life,
0: right? Totally, yep. yeah. And that's, uh, I, you actually summed that up beautifully. Like that really is what like recovery is, you know? I mean, exactly how you, how you put it. It's, you know, it's so funny, like right when you just mentioned that life, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I think about that. And I just think about all the things that I'm able to experience now, you know, and I, I can't really even convey this, you know, cause it's, it's just so emotional and like deep, you know, for me. But I mean, literally, like I never, when you're, when you start on that process, like wherever you are on that scale, you just never think that it's going to lead to that place you never thought
1: you'd be that far gone like that that far in the scale right you, like you, ever like yeah, you know right. like you're
0: even when you're starting to think okay like it, maybe it's a little much but you never really and then you wake up one morning and you're shitting yourself on your brother's couch oh crazy huh you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's
1: it's it's crazy so you're in a stall in a in a bathroom <laughs> you know passed out <laughs> face, you know? face down in Vegas yeah. you
0: know and and so um, Yeah, it's like, so that's what I love about this topic is because I think back to maybe some of those beginning stages of when I was earlier on that scale, when I was, when I was more towards that end of, I don't really have an issue. And then like, and I I don't think it's going to get that bad for everyone. But even if you're on that scale in any regard at all, like, that's still the things that that's taking away from you from the experience that the happiness that you could have. It's huge. It's monumental.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and they, and, and you, you probably, you don't even realize it when you're in it that much, Mm -mm. unless you have something to kind of wake you up. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, to, to share this with our audience, I, I, Derek and I started golfing a little bit over the summer and, and he sucks at golf. Um, but I suck worse. (laughs) And that's the first time he's ever actually admitted that. Apparently,
0: apparently, B, Brad is phenomenal when I'm not there. He's a scratch golfer. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I didn't tell you. I actually I went again this like th- we. Oh, I, I know. I thought, I, no, because I, I wasn't there. I bet you were amazing. I'm trying right? and I can have people back this up. I'm 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 back. you're always
1: back when I'm not around. <laughs> um, anyways, um, I, I was riding in the cart with Derek, and he's like, "Man, I used to come to this golf course alone." and i would i would dump vodka in my cup i'd like go to the gas station get a 44 ouncer and just like dump the alcohol in and get totally drunk while you're golfing by yourself and then like drive home right
0: initially those, those were some good times <laughs> initially <laughs> yeah, right yeah yeah
1: and like you, and, but but i'm sitting there golfing with you thinking thinking that's like that's nuts you're here alone getting drunk driving home alone like what are you doing? Like, isn't it so much better? Golfing, like golfing together, sober, like enjoying it. You know. Um, but it's just, it's just, a, you said to me something like, yeah, like, I can't believe I used to do that. Like I used to come here all oh, the time it's like, get drunk. It's
0: like it's a different human. Yeah. I mean, so like, cause the golf people actually, I would pass out on the golf course. You would pass out oh, on, on, the on the golf, on golf, a golf course. course. So it actually happened a couple times on the same course at that particular course that they just said, Hey man, you, you can't, you can't come back here. Like, <laughs> really? listen, if you're just going to be, you're holding up golfers, we don't know what the hell's going on. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: so, I mean, we laugh about it, but, I know, it, it's... but it, we laugh because it's craziness, yeah. right? Yeah. It's craziness that you get to that point. Um, so, you know, the, the, to wrap this up, the definition of addiction that I use is, is, you know, you use something to give yourself pleasure, to numb pain, and the rate and duration of its use over time increases until your life has become unmanageable. Um, I actually, that definition, you look at it, there's a scale to that. It's not just boom, you're an addict or no, you're not an addict. Yes, you need treatment or no, you don't need treatment. Um, and, and so whoever's listening to this, if you listen to this as a, as a family member of an addict, I want you to think about you for a minute, not about them. Where are you at in that scale of addiction? Um, you're, it's easy to see it in somebody else, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and are there little tweaks that you can make in your life so that you're not numbing your life out, so you can be more connected, so you can be more
0: alive? Yeah, right? I love it. So. It's it it uh I, it that's so true. I mean, if I, how many parents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, um, you know, for a long time, um. You know, I, I, looking from that other end, before alcoholism got extremely bad for me, it was so easy for me to look at a lot of people in my life, inside my family, that was like, that guy's got an issue. You know right. what I mean? And right. it was so hard to look at myself. Um, and then, you know, it goes back to like, I mean, what's that Adderall prescription looking like? When are you using that? Yeah. That Xanax prescription. Did, did you just those take, antidepressants. Did you just take one more here and there yeah, than you you supposed to? Exactly. You know? Do I really need that? Right. You know what I mean, and so it's yeah. so, and there's or you know what's that food situation look like? What am I? How eating? many what's hours my of porn you looking at every day? Exactly. Like, yeah,
1: it's you know it's just porn, whatever. But really, how how long you yeah. you spending on there? Yeah. Okay. So
0: so really focus, not at all on that external, but like what, wh- like where am I? It's a good good question for anybody. Like oh, yeah. where? Let's take a look at my life. Let's take a look at where I spend my time where am I spending time where I don't really think I should be spending time right. and and where am I? And other resources, money and yeah. things like that. It just Absolutely. requires so much honesty. You know what yeah. I mean? It requires so much like, rigorous honesty is the way
1: out of addiction. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. all right, you guys, um, thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, then please share it. We're trying to get our message out there and help as many people as we can. So, Um, hit that share button. And, um, I know it's something that might be a little awkward to share. Like, Hey, uh, I think you're addicted. So listen to this, (laughs) (laughs) but, but really like just, just share it with, with people that you think it will help. So for sure. Awesome guys. Have a good one.